You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. It's here. We're here to pick up Tuesday ahead of week number nine. Can't believe we're already here. It's November, so let's make it a November to remember. Let's pick up the players that are going to help your fantasy football team, either as bench options, as streaming starters, or someone you can stash down the line. So we'll do our comprehensive look at the waiver wire, as we always do on a Tuesday and a lot to talk about here, including who might replace Derrick Henry with the Titans. And we have a strong recommendation there. And, of course, looking at all the other positions, we'll get to quarterback, running back, defense, wide receiver, and tight end here on the show. We'll also give you a few takeaways and things that we learned from the Chiefs-Giants game that closed out Week 8 on Monday Night Football. So we'll put a bow on that and turn our attention to Week 9. Don't forget... Tomorrow we'll look at the matchups of Week 9, do the early games starting with Thursday Night Football, and then Wednesday we do that. Thursday we get into the back half of the matchups all the way through Sunday Night and Monday Night Football. So a lot of good stuff here as we start another week in earnest of Locked on Fantasy Football. We already did our takeaways, so if you missed anything of that from Week 8 Sunday games, we do that on Monday show Roundup Monday. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. All right, not much to talk about with the Chiefs-Giants game, except the Chiefs offense looks sloppy again. At least Tyreek Hill got on track. He had a big target game. They really couldn't stop him all over the field. They did flip passes, threw to him in a space a lot in that game. So that's what you got from Tyreek Hill. He smashed it for sure. But another disappointing performance. It's a 2017 victory for the Chiefs, they really had to work for this one and uh, fight for that last field goal there with Harrison Butker to pull away. Otherwise, it was a battle of attrition, mostly. Daniel Jones turning over the ball, getting sacked to Patrick Mahomes under pressure, red zone turnover. So really, again, another lackluster, sloppy performance by the Chiefs. And Travis Kelsey, what an awful game for him. I mean, he did not really factor in much in the passing game, and he lost a fumble. So really brutal Travis Kelsey was one of the money-in-the-bank players in fantasy football here early, but he's kind of been dragged down with the Chiefs' issues. We'll see if they improve next week against the Packers. They have to because the Packers are not going to be like the Giants and roll over. They're going to be playing at Arrowhead Stadium, so that's going to be the marquee game there on Sunday afternoon in Week 9. But, yeah, Packers-Chiefs, let's hope the Chiefs can take advantage of that defense there and actually get well in that game where we thought this was the game the Giants' defense came to play here on Monday night. No. The other thing that happened with the Chiefs, we'll talk about this more as we analyze the pickups here at running back, but yeah, Derek Gore, no relation to Frank, he was a former Alabama running back that uh, had to go to Louisiana Monroe, but he was on the Chiefs roster there. He gets the key carries over Daryl Williams. He looked really good. He had a touchdown in the game as well. So Daryl Williams' managers were really caught by surprise by this move here with the Chiefs. There was no indication that he was going to be the guy here and get all the touches. He was not even a hint of a factor in the previous game. So 
Something to look at there for sure with his backfield, and we're not sure exactly when Clyde Edwards-Alaire can return, but this definitely puts a crimp in the value there of Daryl Williams, who's not now obviously going to get all the touches that are vital here, replacing Edwards-Alaire going forward. Now, from the Giants' side of things, not much to see there. Devontae Booker continues to be a pretty good super sub. He's their leading receiver here. You'd have Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard return. Kenny Galladay still on the shelf, but... Not much to trust in that Giants passing game. We said it was a bit of a trap game, and it certainly played out that way for the Giants of this one with the ugliness with Jones and the turnover and not enough production otherwise to really feel good about that offense at all. So really disappointing offense overall. But Devontae Booker has been kind of a revelation here with his usage and scoring and his receiving there over the past couple weeks uh, replacing Saquon Barkley. So... Him and Chuba Hubbard, great example why always back up your oft-injured running backs when there's a clear-cut backup. And uh, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, some of those situations aren't clear, but that, certainly with Zeke Elliott, you have uh, Tony Pollard. So make sure you handcuff your backs in the draft. I mean, you've had more evidence than ever to do that here. And uh, you almost have to invest a higher in- investment there, like a premium pick, to get that backup, and there's no way if he had Saquon Barkley that knowing Devontae Booker was the veteran backup that he should have been out there on the waiver wire for someone else to grab under you. So something to keep in mind, again, a valuable lesson, always handcuff your backs when there's an obvious solution there should the injury bug bite, and we've seen it bite everywhere at the position this season. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to quarterback first. We'll get into those running backs that you can look at here for week number nine on the waiver wire. Tua Tagovailoa, I really like what's coming up with him for the Dolphins. They get the Texans this week, a very good matchup. So the Bills game was a little bit rough, we knew that. But good opportunities here for Tua to get going and really kind of establish himself. And maybe the pressure of the Deshaun Watson trade, we'll still see if that goes down, but highly unlikely now. But you look at the matchups, Houston at home, Baltimore next at home, the Jets on the road, the Panthers and Giants there. So pretty good stretch there until a week 14 by for Tua Tagvola. He should now be at least a QB2 rostered in all leagues to help you navigate through the buys. And in deeper leagues, he's a guy that has some viable starting ability going forward without that Bills matchup anymore. We can also look at Justin Fields. Again, people have had a love-hate relationship with Justin Fields. He might be available in your league right now. That's what we wanted to see from Justin Fields against the 49ers. Running, a little bit of passing, loosey-goosey, let loose here. But it's the Steelers this week, so it's hard to recommend him there. And then it's a bye in Week 10. But it does get better after that. You have the Ravens at home, the Lions on the road, and the Cardinals. So I think he could be a second-half player there for sure if they can get the coaching right. And maybe the bye week will help after the tough Steelers matchup they have to get through here on Monday night in Week number 9. Now Taysom Hill... I'm going to be careful with Taysom Hill because Trevor Simeon did play well, and there's a chance it could be a committee approach and a quarterback by situation with New Orleans. It would not be surprising if that's how they played it here for Sean Payton, but he also loves Taysom Hill. Hill was not available. Keep that in mind for the Buccaneers game. He was missing another game with a concussion. So two weeks uh, after the bye, it was pretty bad here that Hill wasn't right, but Hill should be available for this Atlanta game. And we know the Falcons are very vulnerable. Running quarterbacks can give them problems. Passing quarterbacks can give them problems. Next week, it's Tennessee in Nashville. Nashville secondary uh, there is uh, very questionable. I know they have some players there, but the Titans are not necessarily a shutdown defense, even though they overachieve and make some plays at times. And then you have the Eagles. 
Remember, Taysom Hill had a pretty nice game against uh, Jalen Hurts on the other side last year, so something to watch out for there for the Saints matchup. Uh, that's coming up in Week 11. So 9-10-11, pretty good here with the Falcons, Titans, and Eagles. You have the Bills in Week 12. That seems like an avoid spot, but then you round out with the Cowboys, Jets, Buccaneers, Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons. So pretty good closing schedule here for Taysom Hill and the Saints. I think right now the Saints project as a playoff team. And we'll have to see, is it Hill or Simeon? I'm not that interested in Simeon in there because we know Jameis Winston was very matchup dependent with low volume. But Hill is a running quarterback that gives you that floor that we know. And uh, can also throw the ball deep pretty well. And I think there's going to be some greater opportunities to throw well with Michael Thomas's return imminent here for New Orleans. So like Taysom Hill quite a bit here if he's a starter. Someone you can help in deeper leagues. Now Trey Lance is someone we're looking at Maybe not starting quite yet for the 49ers. Second time around against the Cardinals. He started the first game, didn't look prepared there. Jimmy Garoppolo did actually play pretty well, and the 49ers won. So really depends. Do the 49ers fall out of this race a little bit? Maybe in the next two weeks that happens here with games at home against the Cardinals and Rams. Maybe those one-two punch of games knock them out of contention here for the second half. Then it opens things up with the Jaguars looming in Week 11. So maybe Trey Lance more of a stash play there. Hill, I think, could have some upside there if he's really hurting at QB. Same thing with Justin Fields and Tua Tagovola. And that's why they're recommended a little bit higher than Trey Lance, who's still not guaranteed to start here anytime soon until it's clear that the 49ers are playing for 2022. Mike White you can look at. Yeah, there's been some question about Mike White here. Uh, it's the Colts. It's on the road. I wouldn't recommend him this week. And then it's Buffalo. But it can open up a little bit later. And we'll see if he's... Uh, actually starting here up to four weeks. Uh, Joe Flacco is not going to fill in at this point if he plays this well. Zach Wilson, we know, can be up out up to four weeks. So maybe you'll see Mike White hold on to the job and maybe they're careful with it. But week 11 is Miami. Week 12 is Houston. Should Wilson need another week? There's some matchups there that Mike White could be e- easily usable there as a streamer. But again, let's check on Wilson but White definitely looked a little bit more together in the offense than Wilson at this point as being the slightly more experienced player. All right, we'll uh, talk about running backs and defenses next and close the show with wide receivers and tight ends over our last two segments here on Lockdown Fantasy Football Pickup pick Tuesday. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a 25 cents bonus per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot or are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon per cash back on your first tank. Just use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, we will continue the show here looking at uh, the running backs and defenses on the waiver wire in this segment. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. You know we've got you covered on all things fantasy football, but with the trade deadline right here today, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, don't miss our live NFL trade deadline show, reaction to every move, plus second half season preview and much more. Catch the show live from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, November 2nd. That's today, 
Tuesday on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. All right, let's uh, keep talking waiver wire here. This is the big one. Tennessee signs Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he's still around, waiting for jobs. We saw him with the Lions last. I mean, he just cannot go away from the NFL, right? I mean, every time someone needs him, we've seen it in with the Washington football team. We've seen it with Arizona. Somebody's always ready to call up Adrian Peterson. Didn't quite work out with the Saints in that uh, kind of resurrection uh, tour away from Minnesota, but... Adrian Peterson is always on call. The thing about Adrian Peterson, he runs hard. He's no nonsense. He's going to get the guard, yards that are available there. They have a pretty good offensive line now that Taylor Lewan is back healthy for the Titans. They're playing a little bit better. They're using the tight ends to block as well. So I'm not saying it's a plug-and-play system there that you automatically can get Derrick Henry's production, but Adrian Peterson is going to get the key power touches early down. Goal line. It's going to happen here in Tennessee. I mean, they just didn't have an option there with that. Darrington Evans down for the season. Very talented player from Appalachian State, but hasn't been able to stay healthy with a knee for two years. Jeremy McNichols, we know, is more of a change of pace receiving back. So if you're in a deeper PPR leaning league, you can look at McNichols. I don't have a lot of high expectations for him. Again, I think you're going to see about 15 touches per game for Peterson, mostly in the running game. And they have McNichols when they need to go into passing down situations here. So, again, Peterson is going to get a good workload. And we know that he keeps himself in tremendous shape. It doesn't matter that he's had to reconstruct his knees twice here. This dude is just a freak of nature. We've known it. He's a Hall of Famer. Keeps coming back for more. So, they're going to trust him in the running game again to get the yards, positive yards, He's not going to have the same burst that Derrick Henry had. There's no one who has that with that size and speed combination. But Peterson back in the day was kind of the old school Derrick Henry. So if he gets a good amount of touches in this offense, which is still going to be centered around the running game, Adrian Peterson is going to have RB2 potential every single week. And that's just the bottom line with Peterson. We know we've seen this in the past in other situations. Peterson is a guy you cannot take lightly because, again, he still has that capacity to reel off that long run once in a while. Maybe not at the same level as Henry, but he still has that, and that's why it made sense for the Titans to go after him as a much older back with a lot more mileage, but, again, he always seems ready to fill in for a team when they need him. All right, another development. We talked about Derek Gore really looking good for the Chiefs. Maybe they've been holding him back uh, in the background, trying to give their running game a spark. He did that for sure. Darrell Williams has been pretty good, but he's also had some dud games as well. Gore, I think, is a little bit more of a complete back, more of their old-school back, like the Spencer Ware types that uh, they've given Andy Reid good production in this offense before. So that's how I kind of compare him to here. I mean, Damian Williams also gave some of this. I mean, Darrell Williams is more of a power back. I don't think he's as versatile and has as much burst as Gore. So something to watch here. And again, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, his status uh, complicates things as well when he might return and uh, muck this up a little bit more. So for now, I guess you look at this matchup against the Packers this week and Gore having an opportunity here. The Packers' uh, run defense is pretty vulnerable. We saw Chase Edmonds finally get in the end zone there against the Packers last week. And uh, you also had James Conner pop in twice. So opportunity here for Gore if indeed they're leaning a little bit more toward him than Williams in the committee there in Kansas City. And we're also throwing for a curveball with the Eagles backfield. They had uh, Kenneth Gamewell. They were talking him up. They liked him. They used him in key spots early in the season with Miles Sanders. But what they do, Boston Scott, who hardly played until Sanders went down against the Raiders, he scored a touchdown. Then all of a sudden, Boston Scott is the starter here against the Lions in a very good spot. 
not too high a volume, but he scores two touchdowns. They signed Jordan Howard, remember him, off the street again, and he scores two touchdowns here. And Kenneth Gainwell gets the mop-up duty. So we talked about that a little bit on Roundup Monday. Just a little bit of shocking development that happened there in Philadelphia. So, again, Scott looks like the guy they trust most, we think, for now. Howard is the goal line power back. Scott maybe the starter here. Howard the relief back. And, that, again, Kenneth Gainwell, we're not sure what his role is. But one thing notable about this backfield, they get the Chargers this weekend. And the Chargers are tr- – well, terrific pass defense, but they're a terrible run defense. So that's going to help Jalen Hurts. That's going to help these backs. And if Boston Scott gets to start again, folks, he's definitely a viable starter here. You can't really trust Gainwell. Howard is a little bit goal line dependent. So he's the only Eagles back you can start should, uh, we assume, Miles Sanders stays on the shelf with that ankle injury. And uh, other ailments as well here. Sanders has just not looked good. Scott at least had some bursts there. Against the Lions, they've liked him as well, but he's a holdover from the old coaching staff, so we thought it might pivot to Gainwell. But it's been really hard to read Nick Sirianni in this offensive staff for sure here in Philadelphia in 2021. That also makes it hard to navigate and a very frustrating team for fantasy there, as we talked about on Roundup Monday. Now, Mark Ingram has some value, and I know they had Tony Jones Jr., who they liked behind Alvin Kamara early in the season, but they needed Ingram back. He's a compliment to Kamara. They're going to try to recreate that, probably with Taysom Hill now at uh, quarterback here, we presume, for the Saints. So Ingram, Kamara, they might try to get that one-two punch going again where Kamara is a pass-catching back and can do a lot of versatile things there. So let's see how it uh, plays out here with Ingram. But get limited there. If you need uh, some cheap insurance for Kamara here, I think you could look to Ingram. But Again, I don't think he's standalone playable the way it used to be when Kamara Ingram were on the field, when Ingram was a much younger back and didn't funnel through the Ravens and Texans. Carlos Hyde might be a spot start this week. Tough matchup against the Bills. We'll see how James Robinson's heel-slash-foot injury shows up. It was a bit of a bummer. He looked really good in Seattle, but he had to be shut down. Carlos Hyde didn't look all that good replacing him. And this matchup, again, against the Bills is brutal this week. But if you need a warm body that's going to get some volume here, and we know Urban Meyer loves himself some Carlos Hyde, if Robinson's out, you know they're not going to be shy away from going Hyde. He touches again. We talked about McNichols behind Peterson, uh, PPR leaning leagues. You go there. Let's also think about Jared Patterson. Let's see how it uh, works out during the bye week for Antonio Gibson with that shin injury. He's just not looked the same here playing through it several weeks. J.D. McKissick has been the change of pace back, leading receiver last week, but Patterson was the guy getting the key carries, and he's capable of doing things in the passing game. A little bit more versatile there than McKissick to fill in for Gibson. So we'll see if that plays out here. Again, Jordan Howard, if you're desperate in deeper league, you're looking for touchdowns only there from the Philadelphia now, back up back in the committee with Gainwell and Scott. Now, defenses, the Saints, if people march them onto the waiver wire ahead of the Buccaneers matchup, now you can take advantage because the Saints legitimately look really good here. didn't matter. We thought the Buccaneers were matchup-proof, but the Saints' defense came through. They had a pick six against Tom Brady. They forced three turnovers from him. They were in his face all the time. The Saints' defense is legitimately good, and it should be managed in all leagues and uh, be played in more weeks than not here going forward if they can handle the Bucks. So Saints defense, really impressive. And again, should be a regular starter in leagues versus being a waiver wire fodder. At this point, the Raiders, you can look at, they're getting the Giants, Daniel Jones. We now saw him turn over the ball against the Chiefs. It is on the road, so be wary of that. But the Raiders defense coming off a bye, they have some playmakers, including Max Crosby, 
on the front end to disrupt and maybe force some turnovers in that game. You can look at the Dolphins this week, especially if it's Davis Mills playing again. We'll see if Tyrod Taylor returns. We recommended him. There's a potential guy that you can add. That's not a bad streaming option quarterback, but we have to see that. We couldn't totally recommend him with Davis Mills. Maybe still in the mix here this week with uh, Taylor Hamstrung, but if it's Davis Mills playing the Dolphins defense, it could be another good spot for them to produce here. Uh, they've underachieved all year under Brian Flores, but that could be a rebound spot. And then finally the Colts. We'll see how Mike White responds on his first road start. It's a short week here, Thursday night football at the Colts. The Colts should be pumped up emotionally, primetime bump, all that stuff there if you want to play the Colts this week. So Saints every week play, Raiders, Dolphins, Colts, more as a one-week deals here this week. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com Vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, maybe creating my own taco flight or tequila. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're Looking for what are you bound for? You got to find out here. Visit beachbound.com today and find what you're bound for right now for your special vacation. All right, so let's uh, close the show here looking at the wide receivers and tight ends. So a lot more guys to talk about here on the waiver wire here on a pickup Tuesday. And don't forget our double shot of matchups Wednesday and Thursday. Double tequila shot of matchups Wednesday and Thursday there for you on Locked on Fantasy Football. But we got to get the waiver wire out of the way. Let's start with the Ravens at wide receiver. And Rashad Bateman, he has looked really good for two straight games there. The rookie from Minnesota, I really was high on this guy. I loved him at Minnesota. The Big Ten was the Golden Gophers' number one receiver. He looks like a perfect complement here to Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Much of the chagrin of Mark Andrews' managers, because Bateman looks like a legitimate number two ahead of Sammy Watkins and some of the other guys that they've plugged in here. So that's going to help uh, Lamar Jackson this week. The matchup is pretty darn good against the Vikings secondary. Oh, it's a Minnesota game. So Bateman playing a team that uh, he should know a little bit about, uh, playing in the Twin Cities. So it is a purple on purple matchup against the Vikings for the Ravens, it could be a high-scoring game there. And Bateman should be involved again with a pretty good matchup there. We saw what the Cowboys duo did, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. So that's going to open things up opposite Hollywood Brown for Bateman this week. And Bateman could have some nice wide receiver three value consistently in the second half of the season. Devontae Parker's back for the Dolphins, looking like they're number one. I think the chemistry really, I know the Jalen Waddle thing has worked a little bit with Tua Tagovailoa, but really he likes Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki most here. Parker's just a better overall, smoother, savvier receiver at this point than Waddle, and he gets the key targets. He was leading receiver last week there against the Bills in a tough matchup. So Devontae Parker's back. We know he's had pretty good fantasy football relevance here. I think he warms up here and uh, probably outproduces Waddle here because of the touchdown potential down the stretch. Van Jefferson is another guy that we, we need to look at a little bit more. He's come on strong as a complimentary third wide receiver playmaker to Cooper Cup. And Robert Woods, he's downfield making a lot of plays. Deshaun Jackson has been dealing with a personal issue. And Jefferson's a better player at this point than Deshaun Jackson. I like Jefferson there coming out of Florida. He's got some good NFL genes, Sean Jefferson being his dad. So he's uh, lining up as a big play threat. Remember they had that trio with uh, 
Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Brand Cooks. Well, I think Jefferson is that version right now of Cooks, the big guy making plays. And they do get the Titans this week, a very good matchup here for Matthew Stafford to stretch the field downfield. All right, Michael Gallup could return. We've seen Cedric Wilson produce pretty well. We'll see if Cooper Rush is back in and if Gallup can return this week. But the third wide receiver is having a little bit more success there. Wilson behind Cooper and Lamb. And we could also see the development where they throw to the tight end a lot less when Gallup returns. And uh, Dak Prescott likes Gallup. So bump up if Gallup gets Prescott back and Gallup can return this week against this uh, great matchup against the Broncos. So let's... uh, See, but uh, Gallup certainly has some upside. Should Wilson keep producing as a third spot, that's a good sign for Gallup. I think Gallup will get his job back, especially if it's Prescott there coming back. Now, Brian and Ayuk, someone you can look at. I think the 49ers need to use him more. George Kittle, who knows if he'll return this week against the Cardinals. But Ayuk, seeing a little bit more work, maybe working his way out of the doghouse for Kyle Shanahan. Debo Samuel gets so much attention. Ayuk has to be open a little bit more now, and I think this is an opportunity to get him going against the Cardinals secondary this week. Jameson Crowder is a guy you can look at. I like him a little bit more than Elijah Moore for the Jets. There was definitely chemistry that was established there between him and Mike White. We'll see if Corey Davis misses another show this week, or another game this week, so that's something you can look at on Thursday Night Football. So let's uh, go in that uh, direction more Crowder than Moore when White is starting here for the Jets. And again, Davis is out. That's going to bump up Crowder's value even more there. You got a complimentary short area receiver that can go and produce there with Michael Carter. Now, with the Jaguars, weird development that Jamal Agnew was being more involved. He had 12 targets there from Trevor Lawrence against the Seahawks there in week number eight. So Agnew might be the guy, strangely, the former Lion that we didn't see coming with Marvin Jones. And so... Agnew, again, they want to get him the ball, it seems like, in weird spaces. Who knows with Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer. But Agnew definitely got our attention with those targets in that role, outproducing uh, Marvin Jones and Levis Cachino Jr. So we're not quite sure what they're doing in Jacksonville, so be careful if you go after Agnew. But someone we have to look at, Will Fuller, we'll see. I mean, he's a stash and hope person there with uh, the Dolphins. We'll see if he can uh, carve out a bigger role. But definitely Parker Waddle Gasecki is the pecking order there. In the pass-catching realm for Tua Tagovola, Traquan Smith is a guy that uh, you can look at as well. Again, the Saints will probably be more run-heavy with Taysom Hill. But Traquan did score a touchdown, looked pretty good. I think Marcus Callaway's value is going down as well as Deontay Harris, especially Michael Thomas back around the corner. Maybe Traquan, who has been on the shelf for a while, can establish himself here as a bigger role. And then you can look at uh, Gabriel Davis of the Bills. They need to expand their passing game a little bit uh, as well, while uh, Dawson Knox is out. Cole Beasley in the slot was doing a lot of the damage, but Davis over Sanders, we'll see. Sanders uh, a little bit uh, limited there, not used as much, so maybe they're passing the torch there to the young wide receiver, given that Sanders will be a free agent there in 2022. 20, but uh, again, be very careful in going that direction here with the Bills' offense, where I think right now Diggs, Beasley, and Knox, when he returns, are going to be the key targets for this team going forward with the most consistency there, given Sanders and Davis are battling out for that other spot outside. Let's flip to tight end, where there's a very good value there. And Pat Freermuth of the Steelers, they've been liking him a lot to one Heath Miller there, and Ben Roethlisberger starting to treat him like Heath Miller. No Eric Ebron. That was a big development there for Pittsburgh. They had to go to Freermuth and key spots all the way through the red zone. It's a good blocker as well. Just A-plus talent. I thought we had to wait until year two to get something out of Freemuth, but 
The situation now with no Jujutsu Smith-Schuster, Ebron banged up, Ben Roethlisberger having a weaker arm and looking to the tight end to help him. Freemuth lines up well as a nice sleeper that you can uh, maybe turn from streamer into regular play here as a higher end uh, tight end two going forward. Dan Arnold, again, just with Agnew, he was involved. He was the leading receiver there among all pass catchers for the Jaguars. They really liked Arnold. They went out and aggressively traded for him. It's a rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, acting like a rookie more so than Trevor Lawrence with the high upside. So he's a good security blanket for him. Logan Thomas is a guy that uh, could be returning here. Should be after the bye here in Week 9. Here they need a spark in this offense. Logan Thomas, maybe Curtis Samuel returns, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick returns. But Logan should go back to being a top 12 tight end there if he's available in your leagues or someone does not stash him on IR. Good time to go after him. Tyler Conklin did a little bit more work for the Vikings there. I think he'll be the third target going forward over K.J. Osborne. They need some help at tight end. The matchups dictate it. This week it's the Ravens. The Ravens are really awful against the tight end. So Conklin should uh, be in a good position to produce there this week. Evan Ingram of the Giants. They're playing the Raiders this week. Ingram doesn't get a lot of action, but Again, with all the wide receivers healthy, potentially this week, Ingram is going to slide down, but he is getting targeted quite a bit by Daniel Jones. And finally, at uh, tight end, we have to look at the situation with Robert Tunyon, because he was hurt on Thursday there. We don't know if he's going to have to miss time. Where do you go, Josiah Degara? Do you go Mercedes Lewis? Pretty much you're hoping for a touchdown there, but if someone had a little bit more upside used in more places all over the field, it would be Degara over Mercedes Lewis. Lewis is pretty much a touchdown-only guy, as we've seen as a veteran uh, blocker for many years. Dugara has a little bit more athleticism to maybe consider there at that position. All right, that wraps up our look at the waiver wire here on a Pickup Tuesday for Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Again, we will start talking about the Week 9 games, breaking them down at Earth, starting with the Thursday night game between the Colts and Jets there on Matchup Wednesday. Follow that up with Matchup Thursday, looking at the back half of the games. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available to you on all platforms. For this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football, Pickup Tuesday, it's been Vinny Iyer. Good luck in your waiver wire claims and uh, fab budget action. And we'll catch you tomorrow to start breaking down the games of week number nine.